0: I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair. It's a fair quest quest question. Hello, everyone. This is Vic Cohen broadcasting live from downtown Los hey. Angeles' Skid Row Studios. The name of the show is "It's a Fair Question." Because on this show, every question is a fair question. No question is too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, our guest is a very funny lady. And she's sitting right across from me. And I I just want to talk about her so much, but I think I should probably introduce her to you because just talking about her would be really a waste of her time. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? It might
1: be true, Vic.
0: Yes, and she is... Felicia Michaels. Hello. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Vic. Yes. I love your voice.
1: Oh, thank you. It's
0: very cute. Yes, she's twelve.
1: I know, I sound twelve. It used to be so much worse, but now uh thankfully all the cigarette smokes. That's I, what it I, is. That the is. The cigarette yeah, I smoke. I don't actually smoke cigarettes. But uh no, but it's a lot lower. It used to be really high. It was very, very annoying. Oh yeah. no, I think yeah. well
0: I think it's cute and I heard your old the old voice. And I thought that was cute too. It was
1: pretty so. hyped up, yes.
0: It's very good. Now, Felicia Michaels is a great name.
1: Thank you, Vic Cohen.
0: Yes. Uh, Vic Cohen, a little a little ethnic. I'm not sure if it's a great stage name.
1: Oh, it's a perfect stage name.
0: It fits in me. Yes. I, I'm still not sure about the Vic I'm working on. I don't feel like a Vic.
1: You are so a Vic. Really? Yes, you're such a Vic.
0: I just don't. I feel like yeah. Vic should be so you're cars. You're being a
1: Vic right now, so just stop it, all <laughs> <Okay>. right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Well, uh, I understand that's your real name, right? Felicia Michaels.
1: It is not my real name.
0: Oh, uh-huh. Wikipedia has been lying.
1: It is not my real name. What's
0: your real name? Bob? Um, Bob Michaels? No,
1: actually, uh, uh, my first name is Felicitas, which is, uh, I know, I don't look like a Felicitas. Oh, no, you do. Uh, no, I do not.
0: Do you feel you- like one?
1: I feel like one on the inside, but it's a family name. So uh, I actually grew up as Bobby. Uh, oh my God. And I yeah. said Bob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm so serious because when I w- was a baby in my, and I had a brother who was 17 months older, it's such a boring story, but uh, they brought me home and he couldn't say Felicitas because why would a 17 month old be able to say that? So he would say it. Uh, instead of baby, he'd be like, oh, it's the Bobby. So that, and then I was called Bobby until I was 18 and wanted to be sexy. And then I was like, it's Felicia, everybody. <laughs> but it really
0: was Felicia legally. Felicita. Felici-
1: it's Felicitas, yeah.
0: Felicitas. Is that, yeah. It sounds Spanish.
1: It's Latin for the happy one.
0: Really? Are you yes. that happy?
1: I'm pretty darn happy, generally.
0: It's a lot of pressure.
1: It is a lot of pressure.
0: What's uh, Latin for the depressed one? That would be me. I don't
1: know. What yeah. would that be?
0: I always feel like when you get a name and it's something very positive, Uh there's that pressure to live up to it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. maybe, maybe. I
0: love the name Yale, but if my kid went to junior college,
1: yeah, then you'd be embarrassed. I would be like, not
0: that I have any problem with, uh, with junior college. Well, you could
1: name your kid junior college, and then maybe he'd go to Yale, and (laughs) then that that would be a bonus. That's a
0: great idea. This imaginary kid I've never had. Yes, or maybe we'll never. Do you want kids? I would. Are you offering?
1: You can have one of mine. I've
0: seen you. We've got two boys, Our right? Two boys. Yeah, yes, they're very yeah. cute.
1: They're very cute. Yeah.
0: I'll take. Um, I'll take them. You will. Yes, I don't think you're going to give them away that quick.
1: I'm not going to give them away that quick because it was hard to get them because they're adopted, which is cool. Because that I, true. Yes, yes, they're adopted.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's good because I'm divorced so they don't look like the ex. That's funny. Such a true story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say
0: the truth is the funniest. That's true, yeah. So if you'd like to give us a call here, the number is 800-893-9562. That's 800-893-9562. Just to give you listeners, if you don't know who Felicia Michaels is, she is an award-winning comic. She wore in the America Comedy Awards as the funniest female. Yes. That's, that's a Many lot. years ago, yes. Yeah, that's a big deal, huh?
1: It was at the time. It was fun. It was yeah. exciting, yeah.
0: Well, that sounds really cool. And um, I love that you were on Star Search.
1: You know what? I, sometimes there's this one guy that books me, and he always brings me up as a Star Search winner. And everyone is like, what? Because no one really remembers Star Search. But uh, it was a fantastic... Uh, fun thing. Ed McMahon was was obviously the host and uh, when you would go at that time they, they shot it on a, uh, I think it's a Nickelodeon building on Sunset now. Across from CNN, right by CNN, yeah, there's I know where like that is. yeah that's on Sunset And they it. used to shoot the Star Search there, and so they had everyone else in like this cafeteria-sized dressing room, except the spokesmodels were right next to Ed McMahon, like on the other side, the nicer th- side of the theater. I always thought that was very suspicious
0: that there was some shenanigans going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah,
1: but then you know it's Ed McMahon. You gotta gotta like that he kind of did that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, what I'd love for to do right now is share a little clip. From one of from your appearance on Star Search, can we roll that? Here we go.
1: For someone who is sensitive and caring, but those kind of guys already have boyfriends. <laughs> oh, that's an old clip. <laughs> My boyfriend's well He's always mad at me. You know, like lately he says I've been watching too much TV, but I've been watching the news and they've been saying stuff about disease and stuff. And they said if you think you're with someone who's scummy or promiscuous, you should make him wear one of those things. You know. You know. So I asked my boyfriend to wear one because he's a musician and they're scummy. <laughs> and he goes, when I wear one, I can't feel anything. Well, finally, we're even. <laughs> you guys have been great.
0: My um, God. You were shaking
1: your head. That's crazy talk. Well, that was so many years ago. That was so many years ago.
0: Right, were you really dating a scummy
1: musician? I did live when I was in 21 years old, I lived with this musician named Dan Girass. It was actually Dan Jarossi, but get it, Dan Girass, dangerous. Oh.
0: Dan Are you Is that what you like, a bad boy?
1: Uh, no, I don't necessarily like a bad boy, but uh uh yeah, he was he was in Beatlemania, that's what I remember about him. I do remember we moved in together and then we smoked a joint and then we played that uh, board game Risk. Uh-huh. And we got to How the- How old was this guy? No, like he, he was <laughs> a little older than me. Yet. No, no, <laughs> I was the young one. He was like 10 years older than me. And we were, we were g- going to play Risk and I was explaining the game to him because he was a drummer. He wasn't that smart. And I was going to explain <laughs> the game to him. And then I was like, and then we're going to take over this, you know, you you try to get the other country or whatever. And he's like, can't we all just get along? And I just remember thinking to myself, I have made a colossal mistake the night we moved in together.
0: Oh, and... uh, I've never
1: told anyone that story.
0: Well, how long did you guys live together?
1: We lived together for about a year. Yeah.
0: This is the thing that I find, uh, this is what I like about my age. You know, Uh I play 35 to 46.
1: So you're 52. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no,
0: no, no. But um, I never say my real age, but out here in Los Angeles, it's, it's never, I don't ever, there's no upside. So I just give a range.
1: Right.
0: You know, I play 5'2 uh-huh. to 5'8.
1: Right. <laughs> but you're I, five one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I play 130 to 158.
1: Uh-huh. I am <laughs> <laughs> 170. Okay. No, no,
0: no I'm not. That. I'm not. Uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, I forgot. Oh my God too much caffeine. It just hit me.
1: You drank a lot of
0: caffeine. I know. Yeah. What was I saying before? About
1: age, about you don't give a specific age. Oh, no. What did I
0: say right before that? I cannot remember. It will come back to me. But um one other thing uh, I was really interested about with you and your career is that you were a Playboy model.
1: Well, I wasn't a Playboy model, but I when I did Star Search, they had come to me And they were putting together, and this is so many years ago, it's frightening, but they were putting together a girls of comedy, like spread, but there wasn't at that time that many girl comics and they were like, you know, like, like kind of lady, like, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) They weren't young, hot chicks, rightfully so. Like Joan Rivers. Yeah I mean not- she was obviously then still pretty old but yeah. uh it just there wasn't a lot of girl comics so they had got a couple of actresses that had tried to do comedy and a bunch of stuff and then they asked me to do it and I just thought to myself why would I be one vagina amongst many you know what i mean like if i was going to do it i would do do me and then about a year later they came not maybe like 6 months later they came and they asked me to do it and uh and i was immediately like shit yeah you know because when i was a little girl my dad had tons of playboys around and i used to read them when i was a kid did you get turned on by them you know what i did kind of get turned on by them, but i just thought that the women were so pretty you know like it was an a I was very attracted to it, and not in a weird way. I just thought it was uh, very pretty.
0: Are you are you attracted to women? It is a fair question.
1: Oh yeah, no. <laughs> you know I was once attracted to a woman in, at Z Gallery. I have to like five years ago. But me then too. Which one? She, she looked like a teenage boy. So.
0: Oh my God! I always say that the type of girl, woman yeah. I like has the hips of a teenage boy.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's
0: weird, and then I get usually they who I yeah. say that to gets kind of disgusted. And yeah. I've stopped saying that, so maybe yeah. I shouldn't have shared. Well, that you shouldn't
1: here. say it on a first date or anything. No, it's usually a last date. It becomes yeah. a last date fast, really yeah, fast. I bet. I bet.
0: So, with the Playboy thing, um, did you get to meet Hugh Hefner?
1: You know, I never because honestly, when I did Playboy, I was twenty-eight or nine at the time, which was kind of old to do Playboy, and uh, so I, I wasn't, I. You know, it, it wasn't the end all for me, you know what I mean? So it, it, it had no allure in that way. Like I could have went to the mansion and I never did. And uh, because I was serious about my comedy career. So, you know, it was just like a side note, like, oh, I get to do this and fulfill this ridiculous fantasy. And it was also the great thing about that, too, is because of how I looked, you know, a lot of people... Assume that I got a lot based on how I looked and I think I did uh, because I don't think I was particularly that funny you know because it was at the very beginning of my career in a sense but it it uh, doing the playboy thing and just fucking girling out like that you know what I mean in in a sense of stripping yourself completely down made me able to leave my uh to 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 leave then that at the door that card of i'm just a girl i'm just doing comedy you know what i mean once i did the playboy it was like all right now i'm really a comic and i got rid of that you know so it it really freed me in that sense
0: so doing the playboy modeling somehow made you feel uh, like one of the guys.
1: No, it just ma- it was just like, okay, I mean, because at that time, that was a huge thing to be in play. But now it means really not that. It's much. It's still a big deal. It really doesn't mean that much. But at the time, that was a, that was, you know, a pretty big deal in a in a weird way. But it was just like, you know, I have girled out to the maximum had my hair sprayed up to the maximum, sucked my gut in in front of the right light so it looks halfway decent, and someone who knew what they were doing with the camera took a great picture. Now, I don't give a fuck if I wear a dress or high heels ever again, you know, on stage. And Now I can put that false pretense of what I perceive as myself as a woman, I can make that. Now it doesn't matter anymore because I, you know, did it to the uh, umpteenth degree. I sold yes. it out. I went and signed the magazines when I did the clubs. Like I, I went, you know, it helped me sell numbers and I did my thing. And then it was like, now I can put the girl to the side and I can really focus on truly learning how to be funny.
0: Well, I remember that, uh, reading that you, and hearing it in your comedy that you started out really with a dumb blonde type persona and you write that in your bio, uh, from the laugh factory bio or they wrote it for you i don't know who right, wrote it right that's but, a
1: very yeah it's an old bio but well, the idea yeah, there was a change
0: yeah. in character in now then being more of a um i don't know like body but saucy kind of talking about sex more
1: freely. well i mean at the time i was one of the youngest women comics at the time for a long time i mean cuz there were, weren't that many comedians and uh and i started at the comedy store when you start doing comedy when you're Twenty years old, twenty-one years old. I wasn't educated. I didn't go to college. And you're at the comedy store as a regular, you know. Uh, you, you you don't have anything else in common with the audience who the average age is, you know, twenty-five to thirty-six. Let's just say. I don't know if that's correct, but I'm going to just I think guess thirty-seven. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but let's just say that and you're 20, 21 years old, you you really don't have a lot of life experience uh, to draw upon. And, and I wasn't a political comic. Uh, I'm more that now, and not even that much, but compared to then. So it was, that was the one common denominator I had that I could talk to the audience. And I was at the club with the most renegade comedians there were. I mean, Kinison was, know. I was just you know, thinking of
0: him when you said that.
1: Yeah, you know, like, You know, I had to go up after Paul Mooney, you know what I mean? Like I was 20 years old or 21 years old. So it's uh, you had I had to learn quick and I had to get big laughs quick. And I had to identify with something in the crowd, you know, and it was at a time when there were very few women. You know, this is like I started at the Comedy Store in 1986. I mean, there were no there there were a handful of them and they weren't really. Real go on the road type comedians. They were just, you know, actresses that were doing it. There were a couple uh, at that time, but not that many, you know. It it, I, it was a a different thing.
0: The um, and I was just thinking that the the women who were doing it then probably didn't really look like women. They looked more like the men. The generally you know, speaking... it
1: it was just different. It was just different, you know. And then after me, like. Three or four years after me, or even five, that's when Sarah Silverman came and a bunch of people like that. And then it really changed. It really changed. But it was hard in the beginning because, it, you know, it was confusing to people.
0: Because what? You were so young? Because a, I was so and-
1: young and because of my voice and because, you know, I talked about you know, blowjobs all the time. You know what I mean? Like people were just like, what is that and then it's so funny because i when i i took uh when my kids came i took uh 8 years off doing comedy and then i got back into it when i got divorced and uh i was at some gig in like west hollywood like just getting back into it and this girl with comic came up. She's like, Oh my God. I, I, you know, I know who you are. And, and you really like, uh, you know, uh, changed it for women in comedy, like what we could talk about. And then she went on stage and she did the filthiest material that wasn't even material that was so disgusting that didn't even have a point that didn't even have a punchline. You inspired that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I literally was like, oh my god, and I inspired and this is my fucking fault. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh my god.
0: Yeah. Jeez. And and who is that comic today? Oh, I,
1: don't <laughs> I don't even remember a name, but I just remember thinking, oh my god,
0: you know. Well, it's um so being a, an attractive woman had its pluses and its minuses.
1: You yeah, yeah, people you know, and and that time people would always say uh is it harder doing comedy when you're a woman and and the, but my answer it still stands. It, no, it's just hard doing comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard.
0: But I do, I do think that there are a lot of men who kind of particularly male comics who have this like kind of thing up their ass about female comics that's not, I don't get it because I think funny's funny. It doesn't matter who the person is. Yeah. Did you ever experience that?
1: Not, you know, uh, there have been times like when I started back at doing comedy about three years ago. And I and eight years is a long time to step away from comedy. I mean, no one really remembered. Uh, I There some people, older people or, you know, club owners. But I had to start over again. And I was at some terrible uh, gig because I didn't want to, you know, living in L.A., I, I knew... You know, you don't want to get on stage where everyone can put their eyes on you until you're ready for everyone to put their eyes on you. That's the. Downfall of starting a comedy career in Los Angeles, and I had already learned that once. So there was this bowling alley called the Canoga Bowl.
0: I I did some open mics you there. You
1: did, yeah, yeah. So you know it was hideous, hideous. Dante,
0: yes, was the uh, yes. host, yes. And anyone knows Dante, he was on Last Comic Standing for a bit. I don't know how long, yeah. He, but that's yeah. He, that's one of his big advertisements,
1: <laughs> right? No, good for yeah. him. And, yeah, and uh, and so he was like, "Hey, you should come down and do the Canoga Bowl." And uh, and he was very gracious to me and very kind and. And I remember one time we walked in together and there was a bunch of guy comics. And you know how when guy comics are around a table and they're holding court. And I remember always, those tables, the little yes, circular tables. Yes, in the back, right? And and like usually when, when men, male comics hold court, there's one that's in charge and everyone kind of is like, oh, he's the one, right? Because he's the funniest one in the room. And uh, and Dante was like, hey, everyone, this is Felicia. And Felicia, uh, you know, uh, had a one-star search in, in American Comedy War you know, a few years ago and she and knew Hedberg and worked on one of his, like his film or whatever. And and then this uh, guy says, uh, you know, I don't understand why everyone loved Hedberg. They think he's a god and he's nothing. And I was like, what? And I go, well, who are your gods? And then uh, other comics started throwing out names like of, you know, of uh, other famous comics from the past. And then someone said Lenny Bruce and he was like, man, fucking Bruce, he's so overrated. And then I was smoking a cigarette sitting at this table now and Dante was there and there's like five or six guys and then I go, "Well, you know, now that you've said that, I'm going to have to call bullshit and call everything you say into question because you really don't know what you're talking about." And he stands up and he gets really angry and and he's like, "Look, you fucking whore, right?" And I know you, you don't really like cussing, so I'm sorry. No,
0: no, and, uh, no. It was the word "look" that bothered
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: no, you can speak, say anything.
1: Okay, okay. So then, uh, so then, I, I was, I had a this lit cigarette in my hand, so I threw it in his face, and then he like started to jump after me, and Dante dragged me out of the room, and like the other comics kind of held him back, and. Uh, uh, you know, that's how you have to be as a girl comic sometimes. I
0: think that's how you have to be as a comic.
1: Yeah. That's the, the, the hardest thing, yeah. the hardest thing
0: for me is um, the, there's some, I've felt at times some mean spiritedness. Oh yeah. You know, where they yeah. don't want to, if you happen to be working on new material, you go to a small room where it's mostly comics. It often is very clicky. So the people who are friends are laughing at each other. Cause they're really just a bunch of people hanging out, mm-hmm. you know, versus really maybe trying pure material. It's, But um, there is a bit of sometimes not like rooting for, but but the real successful people seem to really enjoy other people's success. I have found more so. I I don't know. that. Yeah. Not your experience?
1: No, no. Uh, You know, honestly, like when you have an experience like that, that night, I literally drove home like laughing, like, yes, I am back. And, uh, and now that comic, like when I see him, he loves me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you you have to prove yourself in that way as a comedian, and so there are are girl comics, and then there are comics that are girls, and so uh, it was a, you know it's a nice thing to move from being a girl comic because I never really felt that way because I feel more like I'm a comic that's just a girl, and when and when when the other comedians accept that about you, there's there's never a difference after that, you know.
0: Right. And it's really interesting because you are so feminine and pretty and, you know, yet you really come across as, you know, I'm getting to know you and from your stories, you know, as being one of the guys in a sense. Oh,
1: you have to be. Yeah. You have to be for sure.
0: Now, um, regarding, again, like the, the Playboy stuff and you come out here and you're really, you know, guys are probably paying extra attention to you because you are good looking. And did, is there a casting couch out here that you ever experienced? And if so, could you describe it to me? Was it soft? What was the material? Was it lumpy?
1: Yeah. Was it made out of dirty linen? Was it more of a love Uh, seat or was it? You know what? I never really had, I mean, uh, that kind of experience necessarily. I never really had that.
0: You were on the road for uh, how many years for 35 weeks?
1: Oh, I did a good decade for 35 weeks a year on the road.
0: Now, a lot of the guys who talk about doing the road, the best stories are how they uh, basically, uh, made love.
1: <laughs> it's oh, how they a- got laid on the road.
0: And it was always the waitstaff. Uh-huh. And so I'm curious being one of the guys, uh-huh. what are some of your, uh, escapades? If you well, have that's any.
1: A, that's the screwy part is you can't, uh, you, because I was, you know, looked like I was having sex with everyone, uh, like, then it was like, I cannot have sex with anybody, you know what I mean? So, for me, it was the opposite. For me, it was the opposite. The, and and the only, I probably only had uh, sex with one person in a club. Like, not in the club, but that I met as an audience member in the club, you know. Yeah.
0: And how was it? It
1: was awesome. <laughs> it was this Cuban guy from Florida. It was fucking awesome.
0: Really? What made it
1: awesome? Because he was good looking Cuban guy from Florida need I explain Vic I, really, I don't know I don't I'm, let's just say it was well nice. there's got to be more to the story <laughs> no we dated for about a year no he was totally really cute. you're gonna yeah.
0: see the, unlike a guy comic you have to go then date him like I know, I know,
1: I know, yeah. The guy that's comics true. just that's screw, true. you know,
0: fuck the girl and leave. Yeah,
1: yeah. You,
0: you've got to, I'm in a relationship. In,
1: I have been in a comedy condo where someone has said, you know, blowjobs aren't cheating, like stuff like that, yeah. Oh, no, that's not yeah. fair, that's not right. But then, well, who cares, I mean, they're being stupid, you know, you can't take it serious.
0: Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm getting all serious.
1: No, no, I mean, <laughs> they, can, they can't take it serious. That's a, that's another thing, when you're a girl comic and you're on the road, you know everybody's secrets, so after a while, they have to be nice to you because you're like, I know about fucking Tampa, dude. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have what's the craziest story? Uh, you don't have to name names, but uh-huh. the craziest thing you ever witnessed? Is there anything just insane? Craziest thing? Well,
1: here, uh, I mean, the one thing I, but it's probably not what you're seeking. But and when I think of the craziest thing, like I think of moments like. Being in Santa Barbara at a big uh, uh, theater there, and being with, uh, uh, hanging out with Sam Kinison and his whole crew, uh, and being downstairs in the dressing room underneath uh, the theater, and and to me, what comes to mind is being downstairs and people in the audience stomping their feet wanting to see Sam Kinison and wanting to see comedy and for comedy to be so appreciated and to and to feel so fucking feral, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's what was crazy to me, you know? Like now, the the bummer part, although there's good parts about being comedy now, the bummer part is it's not rock and roll like it used to be, you know what I mean? Like it used to be so fucking cool. You know, and it's cool now. What changed? It's it's uh it's a little more milk toasty. You know, it's not. You know, it.
0: Uh, well, you had people like Dice Man, whether you liked him or not, who was very edgy, I guess, for in his character, and then, but that was not really him. That was a character, but with with Kinnison, it really was. It seemed to be who he really was, and a heightened version of him.
1: Right, like to me, like when I think of the comic store, yeah, Dice was there, but to me. He wasn't part of that crew.
0: Who was you were you Sam Kinnison and who else? Well,
1: it was like Kinnison and
0: uh, was Rodney Dangerfield part of that?
1: He would come and hang out with Kinnison. They would party a lot, and uh, you know, it was it's there's different. There were different circles at the comedy store, but uh, it it was just a different thing because it was a character that kind of took him over, you know. So. Um, It just was a different thing where where he did hang out with some people, but Kinison had his whole crew, you know, like Carl LeBeau and then Alan Stevens and then, you know, a bunch of people like that. So it was just a whole different
0: I'm curious. uh, I really want to hear your answer on this. Um, What makes, in your mind, a successful comic? And the, the reason I'm asking is because you walk into the comedy store, If anyone listening has not been to the comedy store, it's just loaded with headshots.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'll look at
0: these people, half of them, three quarters of them. I don't know who they are. Right. Now, um, the question is when I think, when I see that, I go, are these successful comics? Because- and what is success as a comic? Does it mean they've had their own show or that someone like me walking through suddenly recognizes them? Or if you don't have the big shit, big photo at the improv, you know, the big, they have, right, does right. that mean you've never made
1: it? Right. Uh, and, and
0: therefore you, the career is a complete disaster? Right. Or what what is success in your mind?
1: Well, for me, like when I did it the first time, because I had two portions of my career, the first time I did it where I had a lot of, Success, you know, I did 23 different little comedy shows. I remember at that time they had a lot of comedy shows on everywhere, and I did a lot of those. Did you
0: ever I, do the Mondrian? There was a Mondrian show,
1: I might have,
0: and it was one named Beverly something a very crazy woman. But go on, anyway, yeah.
1: But like, on they did a lot of Comedy Central stuff, a lot of MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour, like, there that. was a ton of shows like that, so I did a lot of that and i did a lot of traveling and i did you know and one star search and i had five tv deals at one time and uh back to back to back to back but
0: were those I, lucrative i mean were you making yeah, a yeah, lot of money yeah yeah
1: yeah i was doing really well uh, but i it, i always felt like so competitive and icky about it. You know, like, a, like, is this what I should be doing? How come I don't have what that person has? You know, maybe because I'm not really a comic and blah, 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 blah. Uh,
0: Do you ever get the question, uh, maybe I'm really not that funny or
1: I'm oh, not, yeah, I'm quality, yeah. Uh, And uh, yes, of course. Yeah. And, I think and, we all do. And, but you know, your comedy goes in and out of uh, flavor. You know, your, the, the flavor of what people want, it changes constantly. And and now, uh, in a weird way, I feel more... And favor or flavor now, you know what I mean? Because now, like, then I doubted myself so much and now it's like, fuck it, this is what I'm doing. And uh, so I feel more successful now because- there's no other question that I'm gonna be doing something else. I mean, I'm you know, I mean there might be variety to what I'm doing or in a slightly different direction, but it's all based on comedy where before it was like, Should I quit and just get a regular job? Like this is ridiculous. Even with
0: and, the success with the shows, uh and yeah, the deals. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because you're so young and you feel competitive. And then, you know, people that have been doing it less time than you get uh, something that you didn't get or sure. that you weren't right for. And now it's, now you get, when you get to the point where you're like, this is just what I do, uh, you become comfortable. You know, you accept it. And I think that's what makes you a success.
0: Oh, okay. That's a, that that's a great answer. And what I find interesting about also is I think it just takes time to get there. It's really hard to do that. You know, I just think life gets
1: Oh yeah. Someone yeah. said they
0: and I think this is really true. Someone um I was talking to this young woman, she's in her early twenties and uh-huh. she really likes uh Louis Black.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And he said, you know, comics are like wine you know they they have to they have to have lived a little right there has to be some age there right and she saw that as a 20 you know young 20 something woman and i i agree with her
1: oh yeah and the and the thing is when you've stuck with comedy uh, for so long you realize that you know in the beginning some people got uh a lot of stuff for different reasons and you didn't get stuff and and some people become huge stars and then You know, through a 20-year time period, someone might have had a show on for eight years and made a quadrillion dollars, but they're still trying to get that spot at the Laugh factory 20 years later. They're still trying to get into clubs, you know, and they might have a, a lot of money in the bank, but they still... Uh, Are needing to be on stage. I mean, you go down to the Laugh Factory. Tim Allen's there. Like
0: I've noticed, and Kevin Nealon and
1: Oh yeah, like that's and so it's a comfort, you know. Or and you see that someone like Louis Black was kicking around for so many years, and then he became uh, somewhat popular and famous, uh, you know, at a later age. And that's the best kind of career to have.
0: Well, I I think what's really interesting about comedy is that you really I think funny is funny. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, and so if you can connect in a way, it doesn't matter the age mm-hmm. that's and I, and I, I think that's true. I'm not, I'm not trying to like convince myself that I, I,
1: well, the thing is every, you know, people tend to think, oh, if I don't have a career like Chris Rock, then I suck. And it, it's, it's like, you kind of have to accept what you're bringing to the table. Like, no, not everyone's going to be Chris Rock. Chris what about- Rock is barely Chris Rock. You know what I mean? Like everyone brings a different thing. And so you have to be comfortable with that.
0: This is something I wanted to talk to you about, Felicia. Uh, you made the choice to kind of change your persona or perhaps your life situation. And as you mature, your persona changed. But regardless... Like
1: everybody. Like everybody. You're right. not the same person you were when you're 22. No, thank God. Thank
0: God. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd both be in a lot of Jinx. trouble. Yeah. So, so as you mature, you change. Now, there's a being a comic there's a sense of wanting to there are different roads and one of them uh-huh. is oh i want to be do tv but tv you generally speaking the networks you still need to be kind of clean
1: for right, the most part right
0: right so my question is like for myself sometimes i run dirty
1: um, that's just yeah i'm pretty filthy
0: still and yeah. my ha- my head just goes there right so i can write the clean joke uh-huh it doesn't excite me as much right and my natural state is dirty kind of, you know, so I sometimes question, do I just say, I'm just going to go the dirty route where the chips fall Uh or is it, is it best for a comic to get their TV set, do their TV. And as that builds, then they have the freedom to do whatever they want.
1: Well, everyone's different. Number one, obviously. Number two, you have to, you have to do what you find funny or it's not going to be funny. But number three is, you know, it's a business and uh, you have to be able to do everything.
0: So you have a clean set.
1: Oh, yeah. You have clean stuff and, you, you know, I don't have as much clean stuff as the dirty stuff because the dirty stuff is what I find fun. It's just my taste and humor. Well, But you have to still manage a clean set, you know. I mean, there, there was time like when I uh, started getting back into comedy and uh, Jamie at the Laugh Factory was doing like a, uh, he sometimes does these.
0: Ne- th- Sorry to interrupt, but uh-huh. Jamie is Jamie Mas- Masada. He's, he's the owner of the Laugh Factory. And he's a legend out here as one yeah. of the- Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. And he does cool stuff. He does some cool stuff and he was doing yeah. a, like he'll call you up and, and he'll say, we're doing a, a marathon for like a hospital thing and we're going to We're going to videotape it live and people are going to see it at the hospital. And then you get there and he's like, yeah, it's for the children's ward. And it's like, Jamie, you know, and he's like, yeah, do 40 minutes. I don't have 40 clean minutes Uh. for children. And then he looked at me and I was like kind of freaking out. And he was like, you've been in this business how long? And you don't have 40 clean minutes for children. And on one hand, you want to just be like, hey, fuck you, Jamie. But on the other hand, you know what, my man, you are absolutely right. Yeah. I should have I should have 40 clean minutes for children. You're absolutely right. And the, when he said that to me, it really changed how I thought about it. Because it, nowadays you have to be able to do all of it. You don't have to be a rock star at all of it, but you have to be somewhat competent, you know, or maybe not dirty, but have such rocking clean material that you could follow any filthy comic and it wouldn't matter. No,
0: I think you are so right. And you know, what I heard in your answer that really resonates with me, this is about being professional.
1: Oh yeah. It's not about
0: what one as a comic may like to do. It's about it's like anyone, if someone's a lawyer, they know the law. Right, right. I mean, right. You know, they may not like a certain part of the law, but they know because they have to know. Right. I mean, it's not even a question. Yeah. And yeah. I think a great comic, if one's truly a great, can do it all. Yes, in that sense. Yes. I don't know if this ever crosses your mind, but sometimes I'll look at a certain type of comedy and I'll be like, oh, I could never, that's just not me. That's not the kind of comedy I do. And therefore I'll be like, I'll question maybe my comedy overall. Like- and, and what amazes me is I look at comedy and I've answered that by like in sports, you can be a great NBA player, but you'd be horrible in football. Right. So you can be a great athlete. And I think a comedy is like that. There's so many different types of comedy.
1: That- well, I think of it like a basketball team, like uh, it's basketball, but someone's better at being a forward. Someone's better at being a center. Some, you know what I mean? Right. Someone's and better at, run, you know, uh, rebounding the ball.
0: That's us. that's also a really good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you, uh, you you said you're in one minute. I don't know if this is even possible because uh-huh. this is what I couldn't get from your story researching you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I want you in a minute. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> in one minute. Because any
0: longer it would probably get bogged down. Just the highlights, army brat traveling around, how the, the comedy, how I got the into track.
1: comedy,
0: getting to today, you sitting here in this chair.
1: Okay. Uh, Starting now. I, my father was in the army. I was born on the day John F. Kennedy died and we traveled all around. He went to Vietnam. Uh, My parents got divorced. I ended up in Colorado when my mom married another GI Uh, and then my mom was very sick and then they got divorced and then we were on welfare and then I became a stripper. And when I was a stripper, I made a comic and I, and he challenged me to do comedy and I didn't want to lose a bet. So I did comedy and then I was like, fuck, I want to do comedy. So I broke up with him and then I went to LA and I did comedy. Uh, and then I did comedy for 15 years, and then I got married, and then I had kids, and then uh, uh, I didn't have sex for five years, so I got divorced. And then I did comedy again, and that's my story. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I think you made it right in 60 well, seconds. Oh, well, really?
1: That's such a dumb story. But no, it's really actually interesting.
0: <laughs> I love that you worked food stamp in get stamps hear that, yeah. and the stripper thing
1: and stripper thing yeah and by
0: the way if you're just joining us i'm speaking with Felicia Michaels if you do want to give us a call the number is 800-893-9562 800-893-9562 and i'm Vic Cohen this is Vic Cohen's it's a fair question and speaking of it's a fair question um i wanted to know you talked about being a playboy model what kind of money did that pay
1: Oh, it, uh, well, I don't think of it as being a Playboy model. I think of I it. I do. Oh, I don't. Because <laughs> that, that, to me, the the Playboy model is someone who was like Miss December, who, you know. You're Miss everything. Uh, oh, you are so full of it. I no, am. I got, got $25,000. Wasn't a lot of money.
0: That's a lot.
1: To me, it was, you know, I just won Star Search. So I was it like, was
0: the 90s. What yeah. did you win on Star Search? A hundred? hundred
1: thousand,
0: yeah. Wow. If yeah. you just waited a few decades, it could be like half a million or something. I know. Right? I know. Have you ever thought about doing a reality show like that? Of like anything, like America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. When I
1: first got back into it, I did last comic standing, but I I, I only made it past one round.
0: I auditioned, not even
1: a good round, yeah.
0: Okay, well, looks like we've got a caller. Uh, We've got a caller here. Go ahead. Who is this?
1: How you doing? Is that Vic?
0: Yes. Hello. Who is this?
1: How you doing, Vic? My name is Bart.
0: Hey Bart, thanks for calling. How are you tonight?
1: I'm great, man. Great show. Um, Thank you. I wanted to ask Felicia if she had ever. Taken pictures of naked women before?
0: Oh, that's interesting because Felicia is, is a photographer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have.
0: And is there? Are you looking to get copies of them, Bart? Or?
1: <laughs> no, I have to just you know I'm listening to the show and I hear you talking about uh, Playboy and then I figured you know usually people you know you never know, right? You like um, taking pictures with other people. Well, I, when I stopped doing comedy, I uh, did photography very seriously for a long time. And I actually uh, am working on a book because I did a book of uh, photography on comedians called uh, A Comic's Eye. And it's a black and white uh, backstage look at uh, the whole process of comedy. But I, I mean, I have photographed naked women, but it wasn't in a, in a sexual way at all, like that. So,
0: Well, thank you for the call, Bart. That was a good question. It was kind of out there. It it was an interesting question. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Keep listening. Great. Thanks, Bart. You know, you had mentioned Felicia about uh, you. You slipped in in your story about five years of no sex during a marriage. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. What was
0: that about? Why? Why? Just not uh, even with yourself.
1: Not even with myself. No, I'm not. not, (laughs) No, I know. I'm not a big masturbator. Really? Why
0: not? We got to change that. I know. I like how I'm involved (laughs) suddenly.
1: (laughs) No, I. uh, You find yourself boring. My thing, no, boring.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you don't turn yourself on enough to masturbate.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I'm, uh, no, I'm not a big masturbator. You know, I'll do it, but it's just like. Really? It's just it's just taking yeah. care of business. It's, it's just, just taking care of business. Right. But I can bring it Vic the other way around. No, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no I I don't even own a vibrator. I I never used a vibrator on myself. I think vibrators are wrong, you know, cuz they I read the longer you use one the less sensitive you become down there. So like one day you're at home using the vibrator the next day you're at the hardware store using the paint shaker. <laughs>
0: There is a joke. Right, right where there. you know. I know yeah, and actually yeah. I had a clip with that but I'm not gonna Oh no, <laughs> you can't play it, right? Uh-uh, but I love that yeah, joke. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. It's like the Do you what, what is your style in writing cuz mine is um I heard this years ago and I just love it. And the idea is to use the truth when writing. I try and keep this in mind especially with stories. Uh-huh. Use the truth as a springboard not as an anchor. Because a lot of comics when they're writing jokes, stories get very married to the truth. And I, right. I think it's very helpful right. to use it as a springboard, uh-huh. but not as an anchor where I'm too married to every little detail. Do you have any edicts like that or, or well, philosophy when it comes to your writing?
1: Well, with my writing, because my comedy is a lot of it's based on my life and, and things that go on in that. So I, I do like the truth springboards it, but then when it springboards it and then you get kind of lost – while you're in the air, like kind of figuring out how to, how to uh, full circle the joke, then I, I find it is just re- kind of better if you just stay a little married to the truth.
0: Okay. You know, you know what I mean? If you can't me? tie it up. Yeah. Then like, go back to the Like th-
1: sometimes you, you think, oh, I'm going to write a joke about this. And then you are researching all this shit. And then you get to this point where you're like, uh, why don't I just write the truth? You know, and then that's what's funnier. Right. You know, so. Yeah.
0: I mean, the truth is um, for me, what also I like about it is that it's an, it's a uh, part of who I am is my story. Yes. yes, yes. And, you know, where I think that one of the beauty of comedy, part of the beauty of comedy is that each comic uh, brings out their own life in them as who they are as a soul and a human being. And
1: yeah, but there are some people like when you were saying that, like Bill Maher, like what do you really know about Bill Maher?
0: Well, there's different. There are different true. types. Of the kind of comedy I do, right? And I, yeah, I tend yeah. to gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I see Bill Maher and hear him, I mean, I think he's very talented. I think that um, he's angry. That's a sense I get.
1: Right. I don't know well, if that's to true. Me or not. it's always like I'm always so like uh, impressed by people who can do comedy and not talk about themselves.
0: And I'm and I'm kind of the opposite because I think that it's easier to do jokes about anything in the world, but it's harder to be vulnerable. Not that it's hard for me, but for many. Uh And so, but I I think it's all, if you can connect either way, it's great. Yeah. I mean, there isn't one that's necessarily better than the other. Right. Now you're single Mm -hmm. and uh, what kind of man are you looking for? How is, how is single? How long have you been single? I've
1: been single five years.
0: Okay. So you had no sex for five years and you've been... Fucking like an animal for.
1: Fun. I'm not saying that, but you ain't wrong. <laughs> Three times
0: today in the this, in this studio. Uh, um, what's what's it been like, and what were the surprises being a single woman in Los Angeles?
1: Um, well, you know I'm no spring chicken, but uh, the surprise is uh, how active I am. You know? sexually. No, I'm not just talking about sexually; just dating. You know <clears throat> that. If you're still interested in uh, having an adventure, it's certainly one can be found. Hmm. Yeah.
0: So you're enjoying it?
1: <clears throat> I am enjoying it. You know, I have kids and uh, I was actually having, uh, uh, it was my son's birthday yesterday and I went to dinner and the, uh, with some of his friends and the father and who's a, a good friend of mine now and who's also single and we were...
0: Wait, the father? The
1: father of one of my son's friends and he's a okay. single fella and he... Is uh, quite successful and cute, and uh, we're just friends. Not but the kid, the father. The father. Just to be very clear. The father. I think people could understand <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know. And, uh, <laughs> I don't and so, so he was talking about how, uh, you know, it's hard to go out with women for him because women his age want to have kids and want to tie him up, where he just wants to focus on his kid. And I said, Yeah, you know, when, uh, for me, uh i i enjoy going out but people think that you want to get married as a woman and for me i just want to i want to enjoy myself but i i just want my kids to get out of the house you know like i i don't uh, look for getting married you know ever no i i don't maybe not maybe not yeah
0: now since your comedy is is sometimes very honest and a bit dirty uh-huh. uh how do you keep your how old are your kids your boys Uh
1: they're now 12 and 13
0: So how do you keep them away from your comedy
1: Well I'm lucky because they go to a school where uh, quite a bit of uh people are either comedy writers there's a few comedians that the parents and uh and uh, there's it's some actors and uh so I when I got back into comedy I actually sat them down and I said uh And their father is an entertainment manager of comedians. So they have been around comedy and everybody. They have been around everybody. And uh, sometimes it sucks. Like they went through a huge Gabriel Iglesias phase and (laughs) Gabriel Iglesias this and Gabriel Iglesias that. And I love Gabriel Iglesias, but you don't want your kid to be on you about it all the time. Yeah. And uh, so they're pretty knowledgeable about comedy. But when I started back to comedy and it was getting pretty serious again, I sat them down and I said to them, you know, uh, because I'm a woman and what I say is very questionable, uh, you're going to have a lot of people, if they hear it, come up to you and make fun of you and say uh, that maybe I'm a naughty person for saying those things. But I want you to understand if I was a man and I was saying these things, your friends would come up to you and they'd be, they'd say, yeah, that's cool, and they'd shake your hands. Or if I was an actress and I was acting out the words, you know, that I wrote, uh, or, uh, or if an actress was acting out what I wrote, they would say, oh, it's a good actress. But because you're coming up with it, you're writing it and performing it, they think that's part of your uh, character. Mm-hmm. It's a small part of my character. But it's not all of me, and so uh, just know that that's going to happen. You know, did it or has it happened? Not so far yet. And kids are, you know, aren't tame like how we were in a sense. They, they see a lot of stuff. You know, like I, I used to worry a lot about the Playboy thing. What would they think when they found out the Playboy thing? And when I got back into comedy about three years ago, I worked a club. And I walk into the club, and someone made a huge poster and was like, "From Playboy," and Playboy is so fucking long ago. And I was like, "Oh, how embarrassing!" But I did roll that poster up at the end of the week <laughs> and because <And I, laughs> it was quite it. a lovely poster. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hid it in my cl- uh, my office. And I was having a family barbecue, and my little one, you always have one kid that wants to sneak into everything. He found it, and in the middle of the family barbecue, he came up to me, and he's like, Mom, were you in Playboy? And I was literally, like, carrying the meat to the the barbecue, and I was like, ugh, and he's like, and I go, yes, I I was in Playboy. And he goes, then he goes, weren't the most beautiful women in the world in Playboy? And I just kind of stood there, and I was like, some people say that, yes. <laughs> and then he goes to high-five me and he's like, cool. And he ran off. So for 10 years, I thought, oh my God, how am I going to tell my children? When the fact is, like, it's all changed, you know? Like right. when I did it, yeah, little kids would have been like, oh, but now little kids are like, it's so tame compared to what they are constantly uh, being thrown at, you know?
0: Right. No, that's great. Now, when, um, hold on a second. Oh, I don't know, our our board operator suddenly looked like she was walking in. No? Okay. Um listening to your life story, you know, there is this the Playboy thing, then the the stripper part of your uh-huh. life. And there's this least say like a, a sexual energy about is there something um where does that come from? I mean, were you um like really sexual as a kid or is it just do you ever think about that or is it is there something that happened like that makes That created that persona? Right, right. Was there energy in the house growing up or like a sexual energy or... Are you
1: asking if I was molested? I'm asking if you'd like to be. (laughs) Uh, You know... uh, Okay, let's go there. Were you molested? No. no.
0: A lot Uh, of strippers were. It's not a... It is a fair question.
1: Yeah. My grandpa did try to touch me once uh, next to the swamp cooler in the hallway of his trailer, but I ran away and (laughs) I was the youngest cousin. So my other... (laughs) My older cousins didn't fare so well. So I, I, <laughs> I was able I'm to laughing. run away. <laughs> no, I know I was able, but I but I remember being next to the swamp cooler as he tried to touch me, and I Oh ran my away. god! But no, uh, this uh, I think I like. I was one of the last of my girlfriends that lost my virginity, but I think uh, when I started doing the stripping, it was such a lifesaver to myself and to my mother that.
0: Because they needed the money? She needed the money?
1: Oh, yeah, because, you know, she was in a, uh, it's a true story. My mother was in a wheelchair and she was on welfare. And, uh, you know, I I will say this. When I went and did uh, photography, I worked with a, uh, as an assistant to this guy named Michael Greco. And Michael Greco did, like, the X-File uh a poster and that whole style was Greco style and it was a like very 90s style and he did a coffee table book about the AVN awards the adult video awards in Las Vegas and it was my job uh, as the assistant uh, to go and to call uh, the actresses off the floor the convention floor and to come and he did a portrait book uh, on uh, the adult uh, porn industry and you see that some women are Able to be porn stars and it doesn't uh, affect their soul, and and there's some women that are just super professional, and it's sexual and it's a business, and it it doesn't hurt them emotionally, and then there will be other women that you're you know bringing to get photographed, and it's ten in the morning and they're drinking, you know like it looks like a slurpee cup but it's pure vodka in it or whiskey in it you know and and you're and you're like it affects that person. And I, and for me, I don't think sex is a bad thing. And, uh, and it saved my mother and me being able to strip. I mean, it was a life saving event. You know, it changed the course of my life in a positive way. And there's not, I think there's more women that can say that than can not say it, you know, like from being a stripper, Yes, women were damaged, but I wasn't one of them. But I also saw there were a lot of women who it was, they led, went on and led successful lives. You know, it didn't affect them. And it's just how you're born and and what works for you. You know what I mean?
0: No, like, that's really cool. I mean, I like what you're it's saying. It's true.
1: Like, you know, like you, know, everyone knows a girl that was, a uh, you know, slept around since she's 14 and, you know, till she was 36. And it didn't affect affect them and then you see a girl that lost her virginity when she was 19 and by the time she was 23 she was a fucking wreck because of it you know what I mean it's just how you are as a person uh, whether it affects you that way or not you know right it has nothing to do with how you were raised or what religion you had just people are different and so for me it wasn't it didn't affect me in that way for me
0: okay well that's really it's an interesting perspective that I haven't heard And uh, it was but
1: but wildly I could take my clothes off and all that kind of stuff, but I hate to be in a bikini out in the sunlight. (laughs) I mean I would stab myself in the face if I had to do that.
0: We almost are done here. Uh, we got about 45 seconds. Is Uh there anything we haven't shared or you haven't shared that you'd like to in 45 seconds?
1: In 45 seconds. uh, Is there
0: somewhere you're going to be performing or where can people I'm going to be tomorrow
1: night at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank.
0: And you're frequently there, correct? And
1: I'm frequently there. And uh, I have a podcast called She Said What? I have a podcast uh, that's 113 episodes on iTunes called Beauty and the Beast with the very funny Joey Diaz. You can still download that. Or you can download She Said What on iTunes.
0: Great. Well, Felicia, thanks so much for spending an hour with me. It's been so much fun. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Again, I'm Vic Cohen, and this has been Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. Look forward to seeing you again next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. I'm Vic Cohen and it's a fair question it's a fair question it's a fair question I'm Vic Cohen and it's a fair question it's a fair it's a fair it's a fair it's a fair question I'm Vic Cohen and